I would always wanted to go bigger, but you know, my rule of thumb is it has to fit in my car so I can bring it home. And one of the art majors last year was like, oh, by the way, I have a seven foot by seven foot stretcher that I'm not going to use. So if anyone wants it, let me know. And I was like, uh, this is not going to fit my car, but you know what? I'm going to take you up on it because just felt like something that I really needed to do because I wanted to go like just absolutely humongous because I think with how colorful these are, I like how they really command attention. And so to me, the bigger, the better. If I could cover like an entire room, I would sit in there every single day and just like let that energy come on to me in some way. Welcome to the Cedar Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 271st episode, I'm really excited to have Gigi DeGrudon to talk all about her recent paintings. She was one of our 2021 student competition winners, selected back in the spring by Kendra Balgren of James May Gallery. Gigi's in the process of completing her undergraduate degree at Gustavus Adolphus College in Minnesota. She makes these massive, colorful paintings that are packed with cartoons and iconography. Sometimes they're based off of art history. Sometimes they're based off of pop culture. So we break all of those down. We also talk about some of her recent paintings that are going to be on display at the 410 Project, which is a great community art center in Mankato, Minnesota, run by Dana Sikola, who we've had featured on the podcast before. Once again, the show Hugh and Me is going to feature a number of senior art students that are peers with Gigi. And once again, that exhibition will open December 10th from 7 to 9 p.m., so check that out, especially if you're in the surrounding Minnesota area. Great art community there. I definitely head on over to ggdegrude.wixsite.com to check out some of the work that we'll be talking about and make sure to follow her on Instagram. That's G-I-G-I-D-E-E dot A-R-T. So G-G-D dot art on Instagram. You can always find these links on studiobreak.com. Once again, all of our posts there have images of the artist's artwork, links to their websites, and you can listen right there on Studio Break or subscribe in Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a big range of artists as well, a big archive, over 270 episodes now, so check them out. It's always great to have something to listen to while you're working away in the studio making your art, so check out the archive. You can also find us on Facebook, so please like our page there. You can find us on Twitter, at Studio Break. And, of course, be sure to say hello on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. And with those announcements, let's dive right into this interview with Gigi DeGrude. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break, Gigi DeGrude. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. It's great to have you on. You were one of our winners for the uh, Studio Break student competition last spring, juried by Kendra Balgren, which is really cool. So really excited to have you on and talk all about your work. And, you know, as I was just talking to you, I always love finding out backgrounds and things like that. So you're, you're currently in Minnesota. Did, did you grow up there? Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from near the cities. Um, it's Edina, Minnesota, which is, if anyone is listening from Minnesota, is probably going to roll there. <laughs> I just want to see that, but you know, it's fine. Sure. <laughs> you said it's by like more like city like or it's 
neighboring Minneapolis. Okay. So were, were you always somebody that was kind of like painting and, and making artwork and, you know, drawing and making messes? I don't know why. I just imagine just because your work is so colorful now, I just imagine, you know, your folks come home or something and you've like painted an entire <laughs> wall, but <laughs> no, 100%. Um, my parents are kind of neat freaks. So I was never <laughs> able to draw on the walls, sadly, but I sure. actually grew up a ballet dancer oh, like wow. that was kind of like my plan I did a lot of that I sang in choir too mm-hmm. so I didn't have like the most time to take art classes but I'd always been a very visual person I love like style and like fashion mm-hmm. yeah I've always loved color like polka dots I guess like I've always been more of an artistic kid because I wasn't good at sports. I hate running and stuff. (laughs) And so I never found art classes boring. I like art history a lot too. Mm -hmm. And I always liked making things. Like I loved making paper dolls. I would like sew outfits for my dolls and all that. Well, and I would imagine then there is maybe hopefully some uh, at least support in terms of that creative stuff. Maybe your parents gave you like, you know, a big (laughs) mess up the garage or destroy the basement or some kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, yeah, 100%. My dad is, he's a creative in the advertising agency. Okay. And then my grandma was a photographer, actually. And then my great grandma, she liked to paint. She never, like, did anything with it, but it was a very strong hobby of hers. Interesting, interesting. So, again, kind of some creativity in the family and encouragement. So, you were studying, like, music and ballet up until, like, about when, you know, like? Until I was eight basically in college like I still take a ballet class like once a year and mm-hmm. I'm in choir but those are kind of more side things now okay were you taking like art classes like also like through like high school and through like grade school and stuff like that in tandem with all these things or yeah like in grade school you know it was kind of required sure but it was you know part of the day but in high school I was involved in you know choir and then I also did yearbook so I did graphic design i guess but that's just such a drag and drop kind of thing sure it's a lot more structured and you know i'd always been like a doodler if you will that makes sense (laughs) yeah i'd never thought art would be something i'd pursue but i didn't really have much time but then my second semester of my senior year of high school i decided because my advisor was like oh you don't need to take this one science class so i was like you know what i'm gonna take an art class Mm -hmm. i loved it I knew I wasn't like the very best, but I wasn't the worst either. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to keep doing it, but I never thought, I still never thought I'd major in it because I always planned on being a art history major. Okay. Like curating or something like that. So I signed up for art history 101 my first semester of college. And then like, I'd always kind of like peek into the art studios Mm -hmm. in the art building. And it just like, I was so jealous of them because it (laughs) looked so fun And I just knew that I had to do it. And when I declared the major, I kind of felt like I was a little crazy. And I was like, I'm probably going to be the worst one in my class, but I don't care. Sure. It's interesting to kind of think of those initial experiences because, you know, some people will gravitate towards, you know, still life drawing and they're like, okay, I've got to like draw this thing realistic. And then some people will just be like, this, this sucks. I want to be an animation student. This is boring. You know, I don't care about (laughs) drawing with charcoal. You know, I want to use a stylus or something. I was definitely the person that did not like drawing (laughs) class. I understand why we have to take it. It is important, but I did not want to do still lives like but we have to take this class 
called the day course and it's an installation class okay. and i took these simultaneously like i had them both in one day and i really really enjoyed that class and i didn't think i would because i was like oh installation like mm-hmm. i liked drawing and painting but the professor really was very encouraging to me to use like creativity and really think outside the box and it really pushed me out of my comfort zone but it really benefited my creative process so it's interesting to think about like that idea of installation is that something that you were kind of looking at you know you mentioned you know art history i would imagine you know in a class like that you start getting suggestions of people to check out was that something that also kind of gave you some energy and who were you looking at in terms of art history that that kind of got you excited at this time yeah so actually it was my senior year like spring break this is high school Mm -hmm. my parents were very generous and they took me to Paris Mm -hmm. and it was the best vacation that I've ever been on and going to all the museums. And that was the first time at the Musée de l'Orangerie, we went in the basement and I saw the Soutine collection. Mm -hmm. You know, I had liked art. I'd been going to museums, but I didn't really know like that much about it. Mm -hmm. That was like the first moment that I felt so immersed in artwork like it just really felt like I was just moving through all the paintings it was amazing and it was so like emotional the art and I was just so drawn to it and I never forgot this experience because it was really like the first time that I truly like felt art Mm -hmm. and that just kind of got me going and I wanted to learn more I wanted to you know, study it. And I do, it's really weird because I really enjoy the Renaissance and mm-hmm. like Baroque period, which is not like my artistic style at all. Mm-hmm. But it's because the historically in that period, it's so interesting because it's kind of raunchy mm-hmm. interesting. a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And I just think like, like, you know, the courtesan empire and like all of like the drama, like the artist backstories, I really love to dive into those Mm -hmm. really i find it just so interesting and um like religious iconography too which again sounds so odd to be like super into that i don't know i think i think it makes sense to me so (laughs) yeah it's kind of like a puzzle that you have to like break apart to find the meaning well and that's exactly what i was going to say i i took this class in graduate school called churches and monasteries as visual patrons and our professor was this art historian named John Decker, who was extremely knowledgeable, especially about uh, Dutch art history. And it was crazy because he was only there for a year. And I think he, he teaches now at uh, Pratt. But this this class was amazing in the sense that like we had to read all of these really heavy kind of like books and um, yeah. our professor, you know, spoke Dutch and, you know, <laughs> wouldn't mind kind of going into that. But one of the things that was so cool about it is he kind of broke it down in the sense of like, you know, this is a time where people are illiterate. They rely on looking at symbols and, mm-hmm. you know, everything is encoded with this rich detail and, you know, symbols to kind of represent things that could communicate. And so for me, I had that kind of same experience when I would go back to like the Art Institute of Chicago or something like that. I'd start looking at these paintings and being like, wow, there's all this 
you know, coded in this, mm-hmm. this work. And so, I mean, I think that's something that's interesting, you know, even in the way that we can kind of think about that tying into maybe some of the paintings that, you know, you do now when you start adding, mm-hmm. you know, symbols, people, you know, things like that. So very cool. Mm-hmm. So an interesting uh, early experience in terms of the arts. And as you're kind of studying that in, in undergraduate, then, you know, you're, you're taking this installation class, uh, this drawing class that you can't wait to get out of. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what kind of stuff did you, you know, start making after, after those experiences? I would, I would imagine, and again, I don't know why, just because there's, there's so much figurative work kind of in tangent to some of your other work. Was that something that you were kind of interested in, exploring figures, portraits, things like that? I still wasn't really sure at this point. I, I didn't continue on with installation just because I do appreciate painting a lot more you know it's fluid it's colorful and it does not require heavy lifting Mm -hmm. or scary machinery which is a very big plus for me i'm not that strong but um (laughs) i experimented a lot with mixed media early on but i thought my style was a lot more kind of goth if you will Mm -hmm. it was a lot darker and it never really felt right Mm-hmm. I took painting 101 like the next year and that's really when my personal style kind of like started took off we went to the Walker Art Center in Minneapolis which is a contemporary museum and I saw this piece by Frank Big Bear and it was kind of like this really nice psychedelic piece and I'd always liked psychedelic rock posters a lot like those were something that really influenced me mm-hmm. and it was like this piece of all these figures and they were all connected in ways and it was really colorful too and so I just kind of like sketched something in my sketchbook and colored it in and then I talked to my advisor Betsy Byers and was like I think I'm gonna do something like this for my next painting and I want it to be big Mm -hmm. so I did that and what really helped me was at this point you know before I had sketched something out before and gone off of that But then I figured out that it's better for me to not plan it at all Mm -hmm. and just kind of go with it and keep doing figures, connecting them. It's very random. You know, it would just be like things that I thought of, like, you know, a purple Britney Spears roasting Mm -hmm. a banana over a candelabra, like, you know, just (laughs) stuff like that. Would it start then kind of more like with like these ideas or observations as opposed like you were saying, you know, you're not like sketching it it out elaborately Mm -hmm. planning things, but it might be just one of those things that, you know, jumps out at you that day. Like, okay, I'm going to put Britney Spears in here, you know, roasting a banana. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes they're tied to, you know, critical issues too. But, you know, sometimes it's just about connecting things like a mouth and teeth falling out and then the teeth are falling on something Mm -hmm. like the tooth fairy or something like that my aim is just to create a very cattywampus almost composition where there's just so much to look at almost like a where's waldo or something Mm -hmm. that is supposed to be kind of serious but it's just so colorful that it's just fun to look at as well was there like a particular like painting that seemed like a breakthrough kind of early run in, in terms of like, and I say this, like this is probably like going back like a year ago or year and a half ago or something like that. But again, they're so packed, you know, the, the later ones. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just curious if there's one that's like, Oh my gosh, this is definitely it. Yeah. The first one I did, it was the waiting for the worms it was called. And mm-hmm. that one was the first one that really got me going and it was so colorful and I loved it a lot. 
And then I did um, a few others. I did the Tortellini Triptych, which was inspired by Hieronymus Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delights. And that one was fun because I took a lot of art history, like art historical paintings, Mm -hmm. and I did parodies of them. It started out because the first time I was like learning about the Arnolfini portrait, I thought it sounded like Tortellini. (laughs) So I gave them Tortellini heads in it. And then I had like American goths and like moaning Lisa, the kiss, but it was like the kiss band members in the same position. (laughs) So that one was really fun too, because it was three pieces that all kind of like merged together. But then my most recent one that I am, so proud of was the huge finger bomb piece that was seven feet by seven feet Mm -hmm. i'm five foot two i had to stand on a ladder to reach (laughs) the top um and that one was just so much fun it was so packed and i just every single thing about it worked out exactly how i imagined it and it was just like i was so pleased with that one Yeah. Well, and again, we'll maybe break some of these down a little bit more too, because I mean, Mm -hmm. they're really interesting paintings. So if we go back to you waiting for the worms for a second, Mm -hmm. are you kind of like then kind of like developing these kind of like design areas? You know, you start painting in, you know, just repeated lines, or I'm going to add this kind of Mm -hmm. checkerboard area and then kind of like slowly adding to that and then kind of painting in over the top of it or? Yeah. So I start with patterns in the background and really like I love swirls because like I can get my whole arm into it and Mm -hmm. they're just so organic. I love kind of blob shapes. I love the shape of the fried egg. If you've noticed that that is repeated a lot in my work, (laughs) I'm obsessed with fried eggs. It's kind of become like a personal motif of mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just kind of stuff like that. And then once I get the colors and patterns, that kind of becomes the color scheme. Mm-hmm. And then I go through and I'm like, this is what I'm going to add in the the different blob sections, I guess, if you will. Yeah, for this one, it was just kind of like, I just kind of went for it, I guess. Yeah. And one of the things that's really interesting to me from like a design aspect, and again, it sounds like the way that you plan these is to kind of just attack them and, and just start mm-hmm. adding to it. But I love the way that like those, you know, like curvy kind of shapes or stripes or you know, things like that. Even just the fried egg, there's like these almost silhouetted kind of orange things in this one that almost kind of reminds me of like floral kind of like, you know, petals and things like that. But I like the way that they kind of start to kind of interact and you kind of see those shapes in other places. Mm -hmm. And that's something that kind of adds a lot of interest and, you know, keeps them, you know, feeling like they belong together, even though, you know, there's a lot going on in terms of the way that you, you know, start adding to them. Mm-hmm. Is that something that, you know, like you've got a number of these kind of going at the same time? Or are you kind of somebody that, you know, singularly focuses on this thing and you're just kind of invested in it? Yeah, I kind of work at one at a time. Um, right now, I do have multiple pieces kind of going. And yeah, that is not really the way that works best for me. It's better if I just kind of focus on mm-hmm. one thing. And it's a lot of layering going over and making sure the lines are crisp. Mm-hmm. and it can be frustrating at times but not a taper by chance you know i've used tape <laughs> before it's really hard with like the checkerboard especially because you have to tape it twice kind mm-hmm. of because it's like it doesn't work and sometimes it gets like stuck sure. so actually a lot of times i will 
do it without tape. And I have very shaky hands. So it is a little stressful when I have to do that. But I'm the same way. I use tape occasionally and I've kind of mm-hmm. always tried to kind of get back into it, but I always prefer just painting things by hand because I always feel like uh-huh. no matter what, there's like this little interference or like somehow exactly. that paint kind of bleeds under and you're like, oh gosh, yes. you know, well, really cool. And I would imagine then, you know, part of that then when you're starting to work through these and maybe not working for a thesis show, <laughs> you got a lot more time to kind of develop them. But I would imagine yeah. then a lot of times then is just spent kind of like looking and kind of going like, okay, I've got this, you know, this pattern over here, you know, what do I want to add to this? Is there a lot of looking that happens? A lot of it is just me like putting it in a hallway and then really stepping back and just staring at it and being like, okay, this is working here. I'm going to add more of that. Or like this color is kind of alone. I need to add more on like the opposite side to tie it together. And yeah, just finding out which parts I need to flesh out more. Well, and there's that kind of like balance too between the pattern and then those elements that you're kind of adding over yes. the top of them. So, you know, they kind mm-hmm. of kind of work hand in hand. And that's kind of one of the things that's interesting. You know, if we talk about this Tortellini triptych one, mm-hmm. you know, you start kind of reading some of these like designs as almost like, you know, landscapes or spaces. Right. Um, and that's something that's kind of fun to me too, because, you know, part of them, you know, you start kind of seeing these, uh, characters or figures interacting in these spaces. And then sometimes they become, you know, just these flat aspects of super colorful design. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, especially for that one, are you kind of then, you know, you're sitting in an art history class and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start adding this or <laughs> like, how do you decide, you know, what you're going to pull from in terms of, you know, things that you're going to reference and kind of like remix? I was just thinking about like all of the like very famous paintings that people you know, even if they're not really the biggest like art people, they're probably still going to recognize what painting it's going off of. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it too, was it had to be a name that I could kind of do a pun with or like Mm -hmm. change and it would still sound similar, if that makes sense. Well, and that one's really interesting too, because obviously the the panels on the edges are kind of more, mm-hmm. you know, like monochromatic or analogous. Yes. There's this kind of like these color relationships that are a little bit more narrow and kind of closely related. But then the the panel mm-hmm. in the center is kind of like where all the action is to some degrees, because there's so much more contrast with all those colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to challenge myself in this one with the outer panels by doing a cooler color scheme because I work with primarily warm colors Mm -hmm. and i don't think i'll be doing that again because (laughs) i did not really i got frustrated with just using like blues greens and purples but it did it just felt very balanced when it was done Mm -hmm. and i liked how it made the middle panel stand out more yeah it's interesting i mean and again i think there's always like these weird patterns that you'll come back through work or you know try Mm -hmm. something differently eventually or you know, it's again, it's just it's interesting, like choosing this path, right? Because you just know that eventually it's going to kind of wind up in some other kind of area, you know, right, um, right. And you don't you know, necessarily know where that is. And, you know, obviously we can talk a, a bit about the finger bomb painting, which is really awesome. But then there's yeah. another one that I wanted to bring up called No Cause yeah. to Mourn. Yes. And I really like this one in the sense that like you kind of have these color relationships where there's a lot of stuff that kind of starts to kind of like feel like it's. I don't know, joining up in a different way. Like there's almost like less contrast 
um, mm-hmm. in some areas where, again, kind of these warm colors start to kind of all kind of combine and dissolve mm-hmm. in a way that is, I don't know, like it's always interesting when you're kind of working through a series because you start taking, you know, chances and risks and different ways and different paintings. But mm-hmm. this one seems to be kind of the most pattern based and maybe yes. the most spare in terms of some of the hidden things that might be in there. Yeah. So for this one, I'm glad that you brought it up. So every single year at Gustavus, we have a Nobel conference and it's kind of more of a sciencey thing, but they did an art exhibition for the one in 2020 that was about cancer. Mm-hmm. And so they did on our little museum on campus, the Hillstrom, they did a cancer like juried exhibition. Mm-hmm. And because my dad has cancer, I felt the need to mm-hmm. put something in it. And yeah, this one was actually so calming to make. It was so relaxing because it was kind of after I did a bunch of these figurative paintings and I just wanted to focus on shapes and patterns and it helped me kind of develop some patterns that I could use in the future in other pieces. Mm -hmm. I looked at cell slides and there's this artist in Chicago, I think his name is Bruce Riley. And he made these really cool, like kind of resin and ink pores that looked like cells. So I was kind of inspired by that and a little bit of Ashley Mary too, who's a Minneapolis artist. Yeah, I started with kind of like more of the cells and then I just kept making these circles and I kept layering them and I just like mixed little bits of yellow with a little bit of red and then I'd put a little bit more red in it and keep layering. Mm -hmm. So it would be, yeah, it would kind of be like it's slowly becoming yellow to like a peachy color to more of like a pink yeah and i'm I'm curious like too are you like going in with like any specific color strategy or are you like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna want to use this color to start and then you just kind of keep reacting to it or actually it's weird because i never have a set color scheme mm-hmm. i just kind of like paint part of the canvas and then i just keep adding colors and it somehow works out i don't really know how it doesn't look really bad sometimes but sure i don't know it's just kind of like knowing like which colors match like where it needs a little bit more contrast like in the lower like left side how the dark like phthalo blue kind of starts moving up Mm -hmm. um just to give it a little bit more depth there's this way where you start kind of developing you know, this painting language as you're, as you're making paintings and and kind of getting more and more into them. So they kind of keep feeding each other, you know, mm-hmm. until I, I guess you decide like, you know, this is too small. I need to make a seven, seven foot painting. Exactly. How does something like that come about though, too? Because in comparison, obviously it's probably a lot bigger. Like you're saying, you got to get up on a ladder to kind of start working through yeah. this. Um, but was that something that was at all kind of like planned out? I don't know why I just imagine that you just have like a list of all these things that I know that I want to put in there. And then it's just a matter of figuring it out as you're you're working through it visually. I always thought that I worked on a bigger scale because a lot of these paintings are three feet by four feet, mm-hmm. which I do not think is that big anymore. But some of my non-art friends still think it's pretty big. I would always wanted to go bigger, but you know, my rule of thumb is it has to fit in my car Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I can bring it home. And one of the art majors last year was like, oh, by the way, I have a seven foot by seven foot stretcher that I'm not going to use. So if anyone wants it, let me know. And 
I was like, uh, this is not going to fit my car, but you know what? I'm going to take you up on it because just felt like something that I really needed to do because I wanted to go like just absolutely humongous because I think with how colorful these are, I like how they really command attention. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the bigger, the better. Um mm-hmm. If I could cover like an entire room, I would sit in there every single day and just like let that energy come onto me in some way. What kind of timeline are we talking about in terms of working through these? Yeah, so Figure Bomb took me probably the longest an entire semester. Mm-hmm. I started it, you know, I stretched it. For these big ones, I hit up, you know, Sherwin Williams. I am mm-hmm. kind of becoming a regular there. <laughs> And I get, you know, the paint samples because they're like seven bucks and it's a lot more cost effective to do the background this way. And it's easier to cover Mm -hmm. this amount of space with house paint, too. I actually for this one, I made a little collage before, but it was just the background patterns. Mm -hmm. And then I drew the finger like touching the button and I stuck that on. So that really helped me decide what the background pattern was going to be and how it was going to look. It was a suggestion from a professor and I took it and it was helpful in this instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really like started out sprinting kind of because I got the background done very, very quickly. And I was in the studio like 10 hours a day, probably just kept going mm-hmm. because I started out making like a miniature model too. Cause it was just for like a assignment mm-hmm. of something I was planning on doing. And one of my classmates did give me the suggestion to do a nuclear button explosion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I started with it and I was like, I don't really know like where to go with this. And someone gave me the suggestion because the tortellini triptych was inspired by Bosch, you know, and that one had a lot of um, sexual scenes in it. Mm-hmm. And so I did include like a very small orgy in it <laughs> in the corner. And so someone was like, you should just throw that in again. And then I went, okay. And then I just kept kind of going with that. And someone was like, oh, it's like, you know, an explosion. It's like a sex explosion. And I was like, that is genius. <laughs> And I, I ran with that. It was so much fun. Like this one, I did work a little bit faster and it was just, you know, the first month was getting the background and getting the patterns in. And then I blocked the figures out in white mm-hmm. and it does take a few layers of the white to get them down, like maybe like two, three, four. Mm-hmm. So that is really the very time consuming part of it. And then I go in with color and then I add detail. And as you can see, like some figures have a little bit more detail than others. And I kind of like that contrast. Yeah. And then I just kind of like keep adding more as well. Like I'd have some figures down and then I'd be like, this needs more action here. I'm going to do that. And then it's just now I have to touch up a lot of the things. So it's like that last phase of it, like the last month was the most frustrating and tedious because it was just those edges, the detail work. And some of them are very, very tiny. I do have a pair of magnifying glasses, like Mm -hmm. the toy instructor (laughs) in Toy Story. And um, those are helpful. It took 
three months, I want to say. I mean, it's so much denser than the other ones too, you know, in terms of the amount of stuff in there. And that's one of the things that's, you know, interesting. And I I would just kind of point out again, it's uh, ggdegrude.wixsite.com. And there's a really nice kind of area again under portfolio where it says latest project where you can kind of see all these close-ups of it. So it's really fun Mm -hmm. to kind of go in and just see how, how dense these are. Of course, there's some eggs, you know, there's, there's teeth falling (laughs) out in spots and uh, figures. And again, it's just interesting, but it's just so packed. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine again, that was something where, you know, even though it's, it's a, you know, three month ordeal, you know, it probably felt a little bit more satisfying to kind of see how complex it was, maybe, you know, com- mm-hmm. in comparison to some of the earlier ones, maybe. Right. Well, and it was also like I kept adding and then I kept going and I was like, it's strange because this still doesn't look like it's too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot, but, you know, it still is cohesive and balanced. And I just didn't want to stop. Because it kind of became this thing where it was like my baby and I didn't want to like let it go yet. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped me kind of keep grinding through it. And once it was done, it was just very satisfying. And I remember like there are a lot of tiny orange dots in the background. And that was something I added totally last minute. And mm-hmm. I even put them on the edges of the canvas too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was like, it just needs a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went through and did these tiny dots on the canvas, maybe giving myself a little carpal tunnel on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it is for it was for the art. And so it was fine. And that just really like gave it the perfect little oomph that it needed. Well, and, you know, obviously one of the reasons, too, that we're kind of making sure that this all comes out at the right time, you're, you're working away towards your thesis right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe tell us a little bit about that. Is that that's happening shortly, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So it's a little bit more of like a pop up show for the senior art majors because I've had so much going on this semester with like trying to get my portfolio together for grad school applications. I have not finished the painting that I wanted to put in, but it's okay because I have others that I submitted. And yeah, I did my first self-portrait actually. Interesting. Yeah. It's based on, I wear this cardigan all the time. That's it's checkered and it has like red trim and it has fried eggs on it. <laughs> and so I've had someone tell me if you were a cartoon character, this would be like your token outfit. And I would totally agree. It really just inspired this painting. The background is the sweaters pattern. And then it's kind of like going off of a Madonna and child Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm holding an egg with a fried egg dripping down my head. And then my pupils are also fried eggs. (laughs) Yeah. So you weren't kidding. You probably have fried egg socks, you know? Yes. Um, (laughs) Well, right on. And, you know, I'm assuming then again, too, like, you know, if people haven't kind of checked it out too, obviously it's a ggd.art on Instagram, Mm -hmm. but there's some cool process uh, videos of of you working and, you Mm -hmm. know, some other other shots and and things like that. But it's, again, kind of interesting to kind of see that context as well as you're kind of like working away and working away on these. So tell us a little bit about these details. So when is this pop-up show? And, And obviously for those that are in that area that you know in minnesota you know where can they check it out and all of that good stuff yeah so it is opening december 10th and it's at the 410 gallery in mankato 
And it's myself and then the other 12 art majors. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of good art. I'm really excited about it. And yeah, I'll have the portrait in there and perhaps another one that I did that's kind of like a 3D kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's called Hugh and Me. Awesome. So a couple of paintings of the 410. I don't know if you're aware, but we've had Dana Sikola on and, you know, she's talked about oh, her yeah. her project bike, mm-hmm. you know, series of kind of interviewing artists and, you know, it's a really cool space and yeah, you know, a good yeah. good community. So that's really fun. Yeah. And then, you know, you were kind of talking about this earlier, but you're, you know, wrapping this experience, but then, you know, you've still got the spring semester. So are there kind of like, yeah. you know, packets in the mail or gosh, that's super, that's super dating me, right? People used to mail right. applications instead of you exactly. know, emailing PDF files. But I'd imagine that you're kind of like, you know, applying to shows and, and trying to get your work out there as well. Yeah, I am just kind of scrambling for anything right now. I don't know. This semester has been so weird and I just feel like I don't have as much time as usual. But I'm hoping to just keep creating as much work as I can, get the applications in. And I will have another show in the spring, which is like the senior show at school. Mm-hmm. And I will have the painting that I wanted in this 410 show mm-hmm. in it. It's only five feet tall. You know, it's mm-hmm. four by five feet. And um, it's kind of a big like birthday party painting. And it's, you know, like the classic, like figurative jam packed. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of about how growing up is not as good as we thought it was as kids and um kind of hanging on to that wonder and whimsy that we had as kids well very cool and again you were talking about this earlier too you're eventually going to be applying to graduate school so you know part of your spring is maybe just kind of like again like knocking out paintings and Mm -hmm. you know just getting after it so that sounds like a fun way to spend your uh you know, remaining time this spring. And again, just to kind of remind everybody, where are the best places to kind of check out your work and, and to stay in touch? Yeah, so probably it would be my Instagram, which like you said, it's ggd with two e's dot art. Mm-hmm. My mom comments on it all the time about how I need to be better at updating that Instagram. But <laughs> I do, you know, post on it. You know, I am a little bit of a slower worker. So that's sure. why I've been kind of getting into the I'm now going to show the process a little bit more because then I can keep it active and updated. All right. Well, again, uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time. It's been so awesome to have you on and mm-hmm. so excited that you applied and, you know, got into the, the student competition. Great to, to have your work on Studio Break. Yeah, it's great to be here. And a thanks once again to Gigi for joining me. Make sure to check out our website, ggdegrude.wixsite.com. Be sure to follow her on Instagram. That's G-I-G-I-D-E-E dot A-R-T. And of course, if you want to check out that art exhibition we were talking about, Hugh and Me opens at the 410 Project in Mankato, Minnesota, December 10th, and runs through the 19th. That's from 7 to 9 p.m. And Gigi and her senior art fellows are going to knock you out with some great paintings, so check that out. If you want links to any of this, head on over to studiobreak.com, look for our post with Gigi, and you'll find all those links there. Once again, all the artists that we have featured on Studio Break have links to their websites. You can listen to the episode right there on studiobreak.com. You can subscribe to the podcast and check out images. So make sure that you peruse, you take a look through the K-12 
catalog. There's a lot of artists that have been featured. One of the recent episodes I'd like to highlight is Erica Behess, who was featured on episode 266. She's a fantastic painter and runs I Like Your Work podcast, which features artist interviews, but also has a lot of art resources. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely head over there and check out her work. She's an amazing painter and just a real active member of the art community. So ericabehess.com, I Like Your Work podcast. If you want to stay up to date, make sure to subscribe. You can find us on Facebook, so please like our page there. You can find us on Twitter, at Studio Break. And, of course, be sure to follow, say hello, at Studio underscore Break on Instagram. It's a great place to check in and hear, especially if you enjoyed today's episode. Let us know. Or a recent episode, it's always great to hear from listeners. Music for today's episode is by Golden Shadow, which features myself on guitar, Brett Beery on bass, Ben Cohan on drums. You can find us and follow us on Instagram at Golden Shadow Band. Make sure to follow Ben Cohen. That's M. Ben Cohen Studio. He's got a painting sale going on right now and links to his website up there on Instagram. You can also find Brett Beery on Instagram. He is a musician as well as a music producer. That's Brett Beery. There's a link to his Bandcamp albums on Instagram, so follow him there. I do want to note real quick, you can also follow me at David Linaway on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can also check out my work on my website, davidlinaway.com. I do have a sale going on right now that includes free domestic shipping on a ton of different work, different types of work, prints even. And all that is going towards my Studio Break Gallery, which is going to be opening up in 2022. So I'm super excited about that. So if you got some empty walls and want to fill them up, check out davidlinaway.com and uh, help extend this uh, Studio Break project out there in the world. You know, that's one of the things that's been really cool as I start thinking about the close of 2021. I start thinking about 2022, all these goals that I want to set, all these things that I want to do. So likewise, I hope you're out there listening, making tons of work, staying safe, and thinking about all the great things that are going to be coming up as this year comes to a close. I hope that you've been enjoying these recent episodes. We'll talk to you real soon. 